hot as hell standing outside that afternoon. We're in Mysore, India, and waiting to be ushered into the shala for chanting class. And that's when I first see her, Laruga Glazier. Now, I'm a hot, sweaty mess, while she's as stunning as every Instagram post I've ever seen of hers. And I'm in awe. Of course, I'm not just in awe because she glows in a different way than I am at that moment, but also because it's odd to see a teacher of her notoriety at chanting class. First of all, the classes are held in the heat of the afternoon, but also those teachers have been there and done that like a hundred times over. But there's Laruga waiting in the blazing hot sun for the door to open and class to start just like all the rest of us. I watch a woman work up her nerve and walk over to Laruga to introduce herself. I listen as she tells Laruga how she follows her on Instagram and and watches her videos. And although she's never had the chance to learn from her in person, that she's inspired by her. Laruga is both sweet and sincere and says thank you. And then the conversation switches to like toe rings and vitamins, uh, totally unrelated and not in that order. But it's then that I realized that Laruga is not like her pictures at all. She's real. She's a real person, genuine and completely down to earth. And exactly the kind of person you and I would both like to know better. I'm Peg Mulqueen. And welcome to this next episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch podcast. Today's guest is Laruga Glazier. It was recorded in Mysore, India earlier this year. Now I learned my lesson about recording outside with Tim Feldman. So this time we took the discussion indoors. Of course, that doesn't mean there weren't surprise interruptions. I mean, this was India. But unlike the Christmas Carol car alarms of the last podcast, these were far more welcome. First, it was Gracie who inserted herself into the conversation. Gracie is one of the two street puppies my daughter and I decided to adopt while we were there on this trip. And then David Fredrickson, Laruga's partner, stopped by not realizing we were recording. None of this is edited out because honestly, I like keeping it real. And that's exactly what I love about Laruga too. She's less interested in fluff and would rather cut right to what's truth. So starting the interview by asking her what storybook character she would be was probably not the ideal question. Still, I learned a lot, and I think you will too. Here's LaRuga. Storybook character, who would you be? I I really don't have, I tried to think. Uh, I mean, I did, I was exposed to all the storybook characters, but I don't think that, I don't think there was any one that I felt strongly resonated toward, or if that's even a word, resonated toward. Um, um, Not really. I tried to think. What books did you read? Well, I mean, I had all, if you're talking about like very young, I had a lot of the, um, you know, all those books that were like kind of generated from like Disney characters, you know, like, I mean, of course those were from authors that were prior to Disney. 
but you know, like Cinderella, like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. When you mentioned Tinkerbell, Peter Pan. Yeah, like all of those, all of those books I've been exposed to, all of those stories I've been exposed to. Well, it's funny because when you said that, you didn't resonate to any of them. I thought, well, when somebody asked me the question, it was Tinkerbell. Yeah. And when I, and I couldn't remember why. I just knew that Tinkerbell was kind of like resonated. And yeah. And I went and looked up because I had to Google, well, you know, is my understanding of Tinkerbell the same? Or, and it was a little sassy, spunky. Um, she... Yeah, she spoke her own mind. She's a little bold. Mm. And she could fly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She had pixie fairy dust, and it all kind of fit in some ways, you know? She was a little dramatic, and I think I am. (laughs) But as you said that none of them connected with you, I thought about all the other stories that I'd read, and I don't think any of, like, the Disney character, kind of the princesses, and that wouldn't have done it either. Yeah, I think there. I don't know. I think at my age, I was exposed to all of it. I, I, I liked them. I liked all the princess stories, but I can't say that. You know that. I think too. What's interesting in these stories, there is. Even though a lot of them had to do with the princess kind of being saved, there is a lot of undercurrent of, of kind of, the way about these women. But you didn't see. You never, I mean, they had really beautiful attributes, but you never saw, like, the other side of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe, do you know? (laughs) That's what I mean. It's like, it's kind of like a standard that, oh, I don't know if I could ever live up to, you know? Like, I do admire the attributes, but sometimes it's kind of like, um, you know, there's, there's, there's not, like, I don't want to say dark side because obviously in these stories there is always like a dark figure. But I always kind of feel like even though we're trying to evolve and and live more in the light, that we do have shadow, you know, we do have dark sides to our to us. So Yeah, they're really just like one dimensional. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're exactly. so perfect and innocent and pure and yeah. a lot know. of purity, a lot of yeah. It reminds me, one I'll never forget this ever. My mom was babysitting Megan. She was little. And she was, I don't know, three. And I walked in and I could see the back of their heads. And the couch was like sitting in a certain way. So as I walked in the door, I could only see the back of their heads. And I could see that they were watching um, a Disney movie. Mm. And I'll never forget listening to my mother tell Megan, Now, Megan, I know they say that she's the evil stepmother. But really, she's just a strong woman. And <laughs> I was funny. like, oh, mom. <laughs> and, and she didn't know I'd come in. And I was like, oh, there we go. But, but true to form, what you're saying, you know, they only cast the shadow side as an evil character who also didn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, not necessarily having those elements within one person. Kind of all of those elements within one person. So, but I, you know, I understand the value to that. I mean, too, when these characters are, are these stories are told to, to younger children, it does need to have a sense of simplicity. So, you know, I understand that part, but as I've gotten older to be asked that now, I'm kind of like, no, 
I don't have anybody that I feel like, you know, what storybook character would I be? I have no idea. I feel a little bit lame that I don't have my... Or maybe... <laughs> or maybe you were just weren't willing to be someone else. I don't know. I mean, I went... I didn't think... I mean, I did try to think. Because it was like... I was thinking about it in the past week. But I was... I don't know why. I was like drawing such a blank. And I think too, maybe because I just feel like being here and like... I feel like I'm kind of going through my own processes, like, within the practice and within myself. It was kind of like, you know, it kind of stepped me outside of that to kind of be like, okay, what story, what character am I? Do you know what I mean? I, I almost feel like it would have been easier for me maybe if I were, like, back home or something, like, in my normal routine or something. But, like, here I was like, it's weird. Sometimes I feel like some days I live, you know, one day can sometimes feel like a few weeks when you're processing so many things. Everybody talks about so. that processing while you're here. Yeah. What is that like for you? Like, what do you what do you mean when you say? Well, yeah, it's like it can really be so many shifts from one day to the next. What was strange, like yesterday when I was practicing. Uh, or actually when I was finished practicing, I just felt such a deep sense of well-being and felt really almost a little giggly, felt a little bit feisty. I don't know, it was kind of strange. And I was like, why am I feeling this? It was just kind of came out of the blue. And um, But one thing that was funny is when Sherat was uh, adjusting me and backbending, my upper back really cracked. Like it was quite loud, but it was like a good crack. It wasn't a bad crack. Right. So I was like, wow, that felt really nice to kind of get that Whatever was stuck there, you know, a little bit got released or whatnot. Um, and then, you know, then today when I practiced, it was like, you know, a different feeling. It's like sometimes the practices can be quite intense. And so it's like these different waves of feelings, you know. Um, I didn't, it's not that I had the polar opposite today, but I just felt myself like feeling a little bit annoyed about a few things, a little, do you know, like... Uh, not totally in the gutter, but just a little agitated. So it's it's like, and then just kind of observing those feelings and how they can change from one day to the next um, because of the, the intensity of practice here. And, um, you know, so that's always an interesting, like it's an interesting wave to ride. Um, and it, it, it's, it is always more intense here. So at least for me, it is. No, it's been that way for me. And as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, you part of it, even though it's so distracting here. I mean, there's <laughs> there's dogs and, and horns and electricity goes out and it's constant stimulus coming in all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm not that, I'm not as distracted here. You know, mm -hmm. it, um, and, Partially, it's because I'm removed from my environment. But in home, I'm, maybe I'm not as in tune to how I'm feeling. You know, those feelings mm. that come up, I don't know that I would recognize them. I'm on with my day. Yeah. Whatever that day is. Here, I mean, I come home and sweep the floor. Wash <laughs> it. You know, I mean, it's, it's you, you're really faced with them in a different way here. And maybe it's because you have the time or the space, but I do notice what you're saying. Do you think that's what it is? I think, 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You're at a different rhythm here. It, the rhythm's a little bit more slow. It tends to be in our like our day to day life, um, and uh, and also the main focus is practice. Right. So I, I find that because the main focus is practice, that a lot of, I mean, we, we also have more space and time to kind of um, feel the different sensations or emotions or insights that kind of come up uh, with that. And we don't have so. to hide it. I think that's the part, is I would quickly switch and put on a different face. Oh, like, yeah. Right? So I can, I'd have to be the person I have to be when I walk out of the door. Mm. But I can actually, if I'm cranky, <laughs> I can actually be cranky. Yeah. If I'm giddy, I can be giddy. Like yeah. I don't have to actually mask any piece of most definitely what's coming up. Yeah. There's no one there's no one to mask it for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. So and we don't have as many roles. So like I think in our life we have different roles that we play, like when we're back home, like depending if you have other lines of work or in your family or all types of things. So it can be easy to turn those things on and off. So that's one reason why I find it really invaluable to like to come here. I mean, it's, it's, not, on, it's not only just progress like in the practice itself, but also kind of the processing and, and the evolving within and all these types of things, be able to like kind of settle within yourself too, that I find to be really an important part of being here. So, and also getting more grounded and all these things. So I'll switch the question then. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grow up? When, like when you were a little girl, what did you want to be? Oh gosh. So when I was, I don't know, like it, one thing that was interesting is, there was a time that I wanted to be an actress, which is kind of interesting. I wanted to do something performing, whether it was anything like in the arts, because also I, I loved to draw. I loved, I loved anything artistic. So anything that had to do with self-expression, I was always um, attracted to that. But it was funny. Like I remember telling my mom that, and she cut that down real quick. She was like, "I know it sounds awful, but but <laughs> she cut that down really fast." I remember selling that to her, but you know, she's like, you know, she's in, she's, and this is something that I kind of joke about from people who have like immigrant parents. Cause it's just like, when you tell them I want to be an artist or an actress, <laughs> that's like the worst thing you could possibly say. Cause they want something that's like, you know, practical and Absolutely. like, you know, but you can make a living and support yourself. Yeah. Don't you think that's yeah. like a generational thing though? It, it can be, but my, my father, who's from the U.S., he, he was, like, very open. Um, hi. So for anybody listening, we have two puppies running around here in Mysore that Megan and I are taking home, and Gracie has just graced Laruga with her presence. You're very friendly. I'm glad she's not talking, though. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, keep going with that. I know, keep talking. Keep going with that one. She'll probably just go to sleep on you now. <laughs> Her little paws like, keep petting me. You just can soak up all my love, can't you? Like a little sponge. Isn't that right? <laughs> all right, Gracie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Come here. That wasn't enough? 
You're a little stinker. Come here. Come here. Oh, gosh. Come here. So your mom nixed that idea. She said, no way. No, that was, it was, I know it sounds awful, but here's David. Now we have another interruption. Come on. I was like, I love how these things happen. This is, this is real time, man. Come on. I'm like, where is she? What, down apartment? So Taylor's not here. No. I, I told you. Really? I thought you were leaving. I told him. Like, when I left, I told him that because we've stayed in this apartment before. I said, it's the apartment we stayed at at Ganapati. No, you say it was at Ganapati. It's not. Okay. You didn't say that. I think that's No. doesn't matter. No, I love this because this is actually India. I, you know, people coming in and out. That's what I mean. I mean, it's just like, this is the way. This is not like home. This is, this is a very different life here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, she's going to... I have stuff to do, that's all. Yeah. Are you interviewing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recording? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Continue. All right. You get to hear it. <laughs> so we'll go back to your mom. And so after... Look, we're, I'm, I'm no, really but, getting into like childhood stuff. But the, the main thing that I really wanted to be was a fashion designer. That was the main thing. So... And actually, I went to portfolio. When I was in high school, I went to portfolio showings. I had sketches and everything. So it was something that I was seriously pursuing. So, but uh, it's not what I ended up doing. So I can totally see that in you. I mean, you are so <laughs> well put together. And I'm like, I'm like looking down at your toe rings. I'm like, tell, tell me where you get your toe rings. Take me to get those toe rings. And so I, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's just something in my blood, like the... Anything creative, artistic, um, yeah, anything that had to do with self-expression. And, and yeah, I went through a phase where I loved sketching and designing um, clothing. It was, it was something I purely did as a hobby when I was younger. So I had tons and tons of sketches of clothing, and, and it was something I was thinking of pursuing as far as a career. So, um, yeah, yeah, the whole realm was something that I, I enjoyed. Do you think that relates to the yoga practice? I mean, that part of your personality into practice, like asana practice really is what I'm talking about. In what context? Sometimes, like, I I always I think about the self-expression that goes mm. on in, mm. in the way we move. Mm. And it's very clear in an asana practice, right? I mean, yeah. because we're moving in the same sequence and the way we move and... Mm parts of our personality tend to come out mm. in, in those. Um, I mean, I can talk about me. I actually, <laughs> actually, I was going to ask you, I know this is like really putting you on the spot, but you've been assisting in the room. Yeah. And so you gotten a chance to watch me in the room. Probably. Yeah. I'm in a there little bit, a little. But, not, but you'd be surprised. It's like, I mean, it's like my eyes are scanning so many bodies totally. and, like, and also looking at Shrat to make sure that he, I'm in the right place where he wants me to go. And yes. Yeah, so. so you haven't been like totally focused on my practice. <laughs> Not a hundred percent. I hate to say it. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Would you have, like, when you see an overall room like that, is there a general feeling or, um, observations, anything mm. that, that you have? I think 
in that role, I'm really trying to be the best assistant I can be. So not, I, like my teacher hat is not really on 100%. So, and that's one thing that like, when I was training a group of assistants that help us with our program back home, I always told them that, that you want to be the most excellent student you can be, the most excellent assistant you can be, which will also make you an excellent teacher. If you can do each role 100% to the best of your ability, it only helps you to be a better teacher. So when I'm an assistant, I want to be the best assistant I can be for Sharat. I want to just be an extra pair of hands for him and wherever he wants me to go. And also, and also I mean, I've, I've learned kind of you know, what he wants us to do. That's my focus, actually. I love that. That's actually probably exactly what your focus should be, right? Because you're... I don't know, but that's how I kind of that's see nice. it. Yeah, because I, I feel, and also in the same in the same way, in the same context, I'm also there to learn, and that's what that's what's been great because he's also given me a few tips. He's given me a few corrections in a, in an assisting role, which I really appreciate because I always want to better my craft, you know, as an assistant or as a teacher, and. Um, and because he sees, you know, he, I don't know, at this point in his life, I don't know how many bodies he's, he has seen, um, I really value his guidance, you know, in that role. And um, it had been a few years since I had assisted last, so I, like, I kind of felt like, yeah, it's like time for me to, to do it again and, and get some refinement and get some guidance from him. And also to be of help, you know, like just to There's be... There's a lot of people in there. Yeah, like kind of like being part it's kind of like part of the community too it's like just offering that service you know like as coming here for for quite a few years and just yeah so I think what I was when I was saying like overall observations I can speak for myself and it's been like a little bit of a process like we come as certain people right I mean however we are pieces of our personality, my little Tinkerbell in there somewhere. And we go into this practice that is relatively structured. Um, there's a method that's pretty clear. And, and I found myself for a little while boxing myself in mm. and losing. I mean, I know that to a certain extent you want to lose, you know, those pieces of you. Mm. But then it went too, you know, it can go too far. Do you ever feel, like, I noticed that I was becoming, like, I wanted to be Tinkerbell growing up, but I was practicing, like, the Tin Man. <laughs> you know, like, it was all very rigid. And, like, you know, my hands together, like, am I making a straight line? And do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there was no expression. None of, not only none of me, but, like, and I don't mean the little me. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, talk about that self-expression. And yeah. But I think there's two ways that you can go. And I, I think I've seen it within myself. Uh, that you can start to use the structure of a practice to obtain some sense of control. Correct, yeah. So I think that can be a trapping that we can fall into at times. But, you know, I, I think that the beauty of the method is it does help to ground and center us. Um, but then sometimes I, I find that uh, we want to control so many things that can throw us off center and we get very um, maybe um, 
repulsed by or we push away things that could do that. Like, oh, you know, well, it can go into so many things. It can go with diet. It can go with, like, certain routines that we get so rigid within those things. Um, and in one, it's a, it has both sides to it because it is good to get to bed on it, to get enough sleep. It's good to eat a healthy diet and all these things. But, but also, you know, sometimes that stuff has to be in moderation too, you know, like all these different types of uh, routines and things that we find ourselves following, which, you know, ultimately is for our benefit. But then when we get so freaked out or we get so like, maybe a little bit on this uh, borderline obsession over things, then it can be quite unhealthy. And I find, for me personally, I want this practice to get me in touch with my own higher voice, my own connection to something higher. And, and however that speaks to me, it might be different than somebody else that's practicing next to me. And we have to really honor that within each individual person. And, and I, that's what you know, excites me about this practice is to, to, to connect to that higher self and to that higher voice. And I want to be open and available and be receptive to listen. And that's why I do this practice. That's why, that's what's important to me. And um, that trumps everything, you know. Because even I joke, like, you know, one friend of mine, she was like, oh, people are, I'm afraid to tell people that I'm drinking Gatorade <laughs> Because, because people are going to judge me because, you know, there's artificial coloring in it. And I'm just like, whatever, you know, whatever works. But sometimes, you know, it's like we get so on these, this high horse of being so pious or so pure and, you know, with diet or with whatever that, you know, we, we can, we have to re- learn to relax too. So um, I, I kind of laugh too about sometimes some of our worries that we have that are really kind of so minimal in the larger context of like connecting to something greater than ourselves. So, but it's good to laugh about it too, you know, because we, we all like, we all have been um, guilty of some of these things, you know, so. I think I'm just starting to discover that me in me again. And, and maybe it came from wanting to do things correct you know, the right way, you know, not wanting to be judged, mm. whether it's the way we eat or the way we move or whatever. But when I watch someone who inspires me, and I guess that's when I watched you, especially because you were one of the first videos that I ever pulled up. Mm. You were the first video, a yoga asana video. You were the first. I had never seen a woman lift Kronavasana and you could and <laughs> so I wanted to see what it looked like curious enough and it looked natural it looked natural mm. when you lifted you you look natural when you move and over the years I think it occurred to me I lost what looks and feels natural. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We try so hard and we think it's going to get us somewhere, but I was trying too hard. Mm. You know, even in studying, even in going to see what it looked like if a woman lifted Kronavasana, you know what I mean? Instead of finding that in me or just letting me be me, Mm. 
And then I'm always scared that, well, if I let me be me, I could be too much like me. And that couldn't be a good thing either. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're thinking too much. See, there you go. <laughs> that right there is like, yeah, you don't want to think too much. It's just interesting because the first question I asked you was what storybook character you wanted to be. You couldn't think of one. No. No. I couldn't. David, could you think of one for me? For you? you no, know, he can't do it for you. He's going to do it for him. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't think of one. I got nothing. But that, but you did have something. In having nothing, you had something. That's why I always like to know about people before they came because I think it shows a lot about who they are now. Mm -hmm. It contributes. And that wanting to find your own natural voice, your higher voice even, and not necessarily subscribe to one outside of you is telling, even in your refusal to answer my first question. No, I'm just kidding. See, breaking all the rules. <laughs> no, but when I think about my life and like, I never really fully fit in. It was always, I don't know, I feel, I feel like that was part of my destiny. I really like, just... Yeah, I, even within my own family a little bit, too. It's like, it's kind of funny, like, I'm the only one that's, like, left-handed. I'm the only one that's, that kind of, like, went a little bit off the beaten, the beaten track, you know? Like, I never quite, I was kind of, like, trying a lot of different things. I was always, you know, even the fact that, you know, that I went to India and started traveling and doing all these things. Um, just even growing up and and being in a biracial family. Like I never even, I never had that sense of fully fitting in in either one group. That, and it's, it's not that I, it just, I just never did. I, and even the way that I thought, like, cause my parents had also a very different thinking about life, about humanity and being in like a conservative um, town, like in Illinois, I mean, I, you know, I, my thinking was quite different than many people that I went to school with, even though, you know, I got along with people quite well. Um, I, there started to become a comfort with just being different almost in every single way, you know, so that, uh, sometimes it was, it was lonely and hard and other times it felt empowering. You know, so I kind of ebbed and flowed between both of those realities, which isn't always the easiest thing. Because sometimes when you're younger, you really all you want to do is fit in. Really, that is all you want to yeah, do. Yeah, that's all younger. you I mean, want to do. The most painful thing is to feel different. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So, but I, you know, the thing with that too is I always appreciated people who were different as well. I always appreciated like. You know, yeah, even had, I remember just at times having friends that were like, that even in, in, in terms of politics were total opposite of me. But for some reason, I could still have some type of camaraderie with them, you know. And I'll never at one time, one girl that I was, this was like, this was kind of after college when I was working and I, me and this one uh, the girl, we just like got along so well. And then I remember it was during the election and I was just like, we got along so well that I was like, of course, this was when John Kerry was running. I was like, of course you're voting for John Kerry. And she's like, no, I'm voting for Bush. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, you know, it was so funny because I was thinking, I don't know if I could be your friend anymore. And then I was like, oh, whatever, you know, like, 
it was like a kind of a joke, you know, like, but I always, you know, I always appreciated people that even if they thought differently than me, I could still find something to appreciate about them and, and to establish some type of camaraderie. Um, and, and even people that were, you know, like in not even how they look, how they dress, or I, I, I always found people that were authentically who they were. I was always found myself attracted to them, um, kind of wanting to know what their story is or what they were about or or whatnot. I, I always liked that about people. So um, I think having that. Um, you know, feeling this sense of not really fitting in so much, um, not really knowing. And I think that's another reason why I was interested in spirituality, because I started to realize there's something more to us than the labels that the people want to place on you. And that's what I wanted to discover. Because I knew, I was like, I'm much more than the color of my skin, the, uh, the country that I'm from, you know, the social status that I'm, you know, supposedly in, or... Uh, um, or the you know the social class or whatnot because I think that's a big thing in the United States too. It's not only race but also it has a lot to do with like status and class and all these types of things. And I wanted to discover something that went beyond that. Um, and I think it, it kind of pushed me because when you don't fit in, you want to find something a little bit deeper, like a, a foundation that feels um, more solid than all these labels, you know. So. I'm glad you shared that because it's funny looking at you. I mean, you're gorgeous. You're no, what? <laughs> what? You're smart. You're gorgeous. You're humble, and it would be easy to see someone to see you and think, "Wow, like you're my storybook character. <laughs> I want to be Ruga." Yeah. <laughs> Come on, no way. But <laughs> but to know, I mean, you went through things younger that you you understand mm. what it's like not not to feel like you know you fit in anywhere and and to really search and I think those early experiences where we struggle I think early experiences I think when we struggle we learn at so much of a faster you know deeper rate and I always say that and want to knock on wood because I'm always afraid like you know, oh, I'm not yeah. wishing bad things upon myself. I don't. Like, I, I'm happy to learn slowly. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, gently. Gently, yeah. yeah. But it is, it is true, right? The, the times that we struggle. No, I struggle with that, too, because I already, I mean, I remember in college, this one girl that I went to school with, um, because also when I, was, when I was at Ohio State, I was a cheerleader, too, and I remember there was this one girl... Her life was so charmed. Like, I just felt like I would stand back, like, just everything perfect, da, 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 like, you know. And I just always felt like I was always, like, hitting a wall with so many things. And it's, it was interesting. And now when I look back, I just see the grace of that, you know, like, of all that struggle. Even though when you're in it, and it's hard to tell when, you know, when you're, mentoring friends or people going through a hard time that's the last thing they want to hear you know so I, I always hold that back but but you know I just I remember at that time um and, and the thing about when I when I think about this particular individual 
she was so charming too. You couldn't not like her either. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I was, I was like, Oh, I don't like her because everything happened so perfectly for her. I mean, she was so well likable too at the same time, which was kind of even more like of an interesting, interesting thing to observe. But now where I see where I am now and I reflect on all these things that I struggle with, where I just felt like I was always hitting a wall. It's like, um, there's a lot of grace to that too, you know, like, um, yeah, it's, I didn't realize it at the time at all, but a lot of things were happening for me to just make me stronger or for me to like turn down a different path. Um, and now that I see it, well, now that, or maybe I should say now that I, when I look back, I don't think I was meant to just go the conventional path, you know, like, but then I don't want to say conventional as that it's a bad thing either. Cause I don't want that to sound because, know you know, like I would never like, it was just, it just wasn't for me. But then those people who kind of go through that, like college, marriage, kids and all like everything, career and everything like that, like, that's a great thing too. You know, if it works for them and if that's, they're calling, you know, that's a great thing. I mean, me, I'm conventional. <laughs> you think? Well, no. I did. When you, when you listed it, it was like, well, that would be me. But, <laughs> but in that order, when, like I just met so many friends that in that order, it was, everything was so, you know, like, yeah, like this, this is the next step after this. This is the next step after that. I think just not willing to be a character. And I think that that's, kind of cool about you and kind of a cool perspective that you're that you're offering going back to the challenges there are a lot of students that I hear from that when they go through difficulties in their yoga practice and their asana yoga practice um, they're really frustrating mm. you know whether or not it's the person who's just, who's just entered and is new and, you know, is struggling with flexibility or making a bind or whatever to, you know, the mother who's just had kids, you know, the father, same thing. Um, as we get older, all these different things. And, and sometimes we just get hurt. You know, sometimes there's an accident, an injury, whatever it is. When you practice something like this every day, it's hard not to get attached to the times that feel good mm. and to mm. look and I don't want to again knocking on wood not embrace the times <laughs> when it doesn't feel so good yeah it was just reflecting yesterday that my yoga practice perhaps not my asana yoga practice but actually me as a person grows more during those times of intense difficulty, mm. even in my, in my yoga practice, because usually it's the same, whatever's going on in the morning is going on the rest of the day. Mm. Mm. So whether it's a lack of energy, um, something going on in personal life, whatever, it, it shows up in the morning, but it's there throughout the day. Mm. What do you, what do you say? What do you, I mean, it's so hard when you see somebody in that place. I don't know. Just thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I get that question a lot if, if I ever feel uninspired. And also, I get the question, too, of, like, I'm uninspired. What can I do to get myself back on track? And um, I, I just, I like to think long-term. You know, like that's like the reason why I do this practice is I'm in it for the long term. 
And when you're in anything for the long term, you're going to have to ride the highs and the lows. And you're going to have to, to kind of accept those things. And, um, and I always, I kind of see it as like a, uh, these highs and lows are like sharpening our character. They're carving out our character. And, um, uh, and that's what I, that's why I always like, um, I always like the whole, you know, concept of tapas, you know, it's like just, we're throwing ourselves into the fire. Like we're asking ourselves to be burned. You know, let's just like, you know what I mean? It's not going to be easy. This morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's not going to be easy. You know, like we transformation or, um, yeah, obtaining a higher potential. It's just, it's not going to be easy. And um, I think too, we have to maintain that vision of where we want to be, you know, Um well, at the same time, I mean, it doesn't mean that we have we, we want to step out of the present moment and everything. But I think, too, kind of understanding where we want to be also kind of helps us to think long term. You know, I, I just that's something that early on I just understood pretty quickly when I started the Ashtanga Yoga practice is like I'm in this for the long term. And so when I when I accepted that. It was almost, I knew that it was, you know, because it was a long term, I didn't really feel like I needed to have everything right away. But at the same time, I was willing to show up every day. That's you kind know? of the way you described your relationships, though, too. The yeah. same thing, you didn't have to have everything. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. We can still have this relationship and continue with it yes. without everything being perfect. Yes. And I... I just, I don't know what, it must have been just a moment of grace to, to, to have that realization because um, uh, I think too, one thing that, that also attracted me to yoga practice is like, you know, it wasn't about putting pressure on yourself, at least in the beginning. I mean, we, sometimes we do that to ourselves later, but um, uh, I just enjoyed the time to reconnect to something, you know, like, and um and when I had this, this realization of it being long-term, and, and also the willing to practice regularly, it was just, like, it was, I was, would, would be so pleasantly surprised. Oh, wow, this is coming along. Oh, wow, this is happening. You know, it was, it was always like, and that was kind of exciting because I was like, oh, wow, okay, something I thought that was never going to happen is happening, you know. But I, I also enjoyed that daily, you know, just the daily movement of just connecting. I really enjoyed just, yeah, the movement of the practice, kind of this sense of like a cleansing happening daily um, and the benefits of that, of how you feel afterwards too. You know, there was always this sense of an accomplishment afterwards, even if you totally failed at everything during there was still something that you felt you accomplished because you finished. Because you finished. You know, that's, there's something to that, that that in itself is like a mini miracle, you know. So um, uh, these are things that have really helped me and to, to gain perspective. And, and with that being said, I've definitely had moments of not feeling so inspired, feeling like, I plateaued and on all these things, but it, just just keeping that in the back of my mind. Okay, where am I going? 
what is this about, um, and I'm in this for the long term. Because I admire these yogis. I admire like, even, like someone like Batavi Joyce to see how much light and love he admitted to people, you know, through decades of practice. I mean, what a beautiful thing, you know, like I look at some senior teachers and I see how beautiful they're aging and, and the, the quality of their character. And I'm just like, wow, this is something. Yeah, this is where I want to go. This is the path I want to travel down. You know, like, I, I like what I see, you know, with that, so. When I was talking with Sherrod, I was sharing how last year I wasn't feeling very strong, but I was so excited to be here in my sworn practice, and that through practice, I, I did feel stronger. I felt stronger in that I felt steadier. Mm, I, that sounds great. I wasn't sure that it was physical, but I definitely felt better, felt mm. happier, felt more at ease. And he looked at me and he just said, getting a stronger mind. Mm. And that is what, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just about how my body was feeling, but mm. we're there building a stronger mind. Yeah. And I always forget that the struggles I want to save, you want to save everybody from struggles, right? Yeah. You see somebody they can't bind, you want to tell them how to do it. Mm. I'm a, like the, with Stu on Love Yoga Anatomy, I used to have an Asana quick fix article mm. until I realized there are no quick fixes. <laughs> like there, there are tricks, but even all the tricks only last so long, yeah, you know, they yeah. change. Like one thing could work for a while and then it's absolutely the worst thing you can do yeah. after a certain amount of time. So I stopped writing them because I thought, oh my God. <laughs> But it's that urge to like save people um, from that struggle. But it's through that struggle, it, it's the mind that gets mm. stronger. Mm. Yes, the that's how you get stronger. Yeah, that sense of perseverance. Yeah, persevering through challenges. Yeah, Making working. Decisions. Yeah, working through it. It kind of reminds me of this. I forget the author of this book. She said, "What's in the." What, what's in the way is the way. Yes. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's in the way is the way. So it's like, you got to go in there. You got to go in that, you know, to make a difference. Not, wanna, not wanting to like, oh, let's, let's take a side road. Let's go, let's go around it. It doesn't work. Yeah. You think those early experiences you had in, you know, not feeling like you fit in, so therefore kind of going for your own, I mean, it, it sounds like you made a decision that well, I'm not going to fit in. Like I don't, <laughs> and I'm not, so might as well just even doing yoga at the age that I did. I didn't quite fit in. Really? Yeah, because people were like, because I used to, you know, even with my peers, I used to read spiritual books. I'd read, I read, and I was still, I could still be quite social and do and talk about like, you know, just silly things. But also, I'd be reading like, you know, I'd be reading like spiritual books. I'd be even when Yoga Journal was actually a good. Like, I'm like, maybe I should watch what I, I used say. to write for them. So. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day when Yoga Journal used to have really amazing articles, I used to read Yoga Journal and like, um, you know, I think some people thought it was a little bit odd. Like, why are you always, I just remember um, one teammate of mine was, was kind of like, why are you always reading this stuff? You know, it's like, and I just was like, I don't know. It just interests me, you know? Yeah. Megan's like that. 
Yeah. I keep saying I want to find our age-appropriate peers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could definitely blend into both spaces, but um, in my own time, in my own like alone time, these were things that I were I was pursuing that I was very much interested in. So, but I didn't hide it either. You know, like yeah, oh, this is like what I'm doing. You know. So I'm sitting here reflecting on as a parent, we want to save our kids from so many struggles and we do. And I think in the West we do it a lot. Mm. You know, we if your kid feels left out, I mean <laughs> it, it, it's somebody wrote me the other day about feeling guilt. And I think it was like guilt about taking her son to the pediatrician and getting a shot and the child looked at her mom, you know, when they, they were getting the shot and she could just feel like, you know, it did, they couldn't find the vein and it hurt. And, you know, as parents, we carry all this guilt and you want to fix everything all the time. Yeah. And that can yeah. carry over into, you know, the classroom. It can carry over into a lot of things. I think we really look for that immediate fix and gratification. But mm. there's so much that comes from, not for being a little lost and mm. from not knowing and oh yeah I mean I think it's yeah I think it's great not to know I'm always a little skeptical of people who think they know everything yeah <laughs> I think that's wise <laughs> I'm always a little skeptical yeah yeah that's pretty reassuring. It's good to leave some space for not knowing. It's good to leave some space for being proved, um, to allow somebody to prove that you're wrong, too. You gonna jump in here, David, at all? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Do you have any thoughts on any of the things we're, us girls are over here talking about? I'm just hanging out listening. I have, I might have a few thoughts. Sounds good so far. Nothing that I need to change. I agree with the stuff. But different perspective, I think, for for males and females, both in personal development and when it comes to yoga. But still common ground. I think the thing about feeling left out is we it's something that everybody struggles with and everybody thinks that everybody else is in, I think. That's really interesting. I think that's true. Yeah. We we look at the onset and we're like, yeah, this person, she's got this and he's got that and same thing with social status or money or no money. We always think that it a lot of times it's better on the other side and we fail to recognize the struggles. There's struggles on, on every level, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something to keep in mind when we hit, hit our low spots. Uh, and, and everybody's got work to do. And also, like Rodrigo was saying this one, or this, you referred to this lady, um, yeah, the shortcuts, they don't really work. The, the going around doesn't really work. The sooner you're at your level, because you're at your level, and you're going to have to 
to go through it, and as quickly as you can accept it, as the better it is, even though it sucks. No matter what it is, it's just, you're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to go through it because the lesson's gonna keep repeating itself. That's at least my belief in that. And it, it kind of reminds me of what I tell students consistently. I say, it's your body, it's your lesson. Yeah. It's your body, it's your lesson. This is like, you can't be in your body wishing that your body were different or it was somebody else's. I mean, we do have some control over you know dietary changes and things like that, but um, whatever your lesson is within the asana, it's for your own highest potential. So you have to go through it. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, well, if I had a bendier back or if I had a, you know, if I had stronger arms or if I, you know, that's, you know, we all have our, yeah, we have our own physical makeup in the way that, if you, if you think of our body almost as some type of karma, we have to, to burn through whatever that is for whatever reason. So it reminds me of a story you told me maybe a week ago, and it was the way that that you and David actually came to build a relationship with Shrat. And Hmm. you said you felt like David may have formed an earlier bond with Shrat in a real sweet way when he was practicing because he would come over and help you Mm -hmm. in Marichasana D, right? C and D. D. I just think when we were talking about... that we are who we are or whatever. And oftentimes we think, oh, so I have a big butt. I'm always going to have a <laughs> Like it's a bad thing. You know, like we, we put all these negative connotations so I have to deal with that. But there's some really beautiful, when we, when we can accept who we are, when we can be natural, hmm. we forget that these beautiful things in life come out of, being just who we are. So I, I don't mean to tell too much, but Ruga was saying that she felt that you developed an early an early relationship with Shrat that was kind of special. Yeah, I mean, now I kind of feel it, it's a bit of a, a distance, which is okay. But I must say, yeah, in the beginning, because it, it, I think because he had, he's seen me from March Asana, see the, he's seen me in the sense that, yeah, I had to work for a few things, because of whatever reason. And, yeah. And we were also talking um, about her with a friend the other day at breakfast, and she said, you know, we were talking in, in, in the sense of um, experience and, and assisting and, and, and something, you know. She said she's never had an assistant in, in, in Sukta Kormasana, which for me was... A post that Luruka really helped me with in working into. So for her having to assist in in a post like that was, you know, absolutely new. And then you you have the people that have to to work for a post a little bit. Yeah, and then of course if Sharon helps you with that, you're gonna form a little bit of a of a relationship there. But it's you know, you never know when that relationship Starts if we talk about student-teacher relationship in, in, in general. Because some people, yeah, they might not have to have a lot of help. Laruga didn't have to have a lot of help with, you know, primary series. Well, when I first <laughs> came, I would already practice. The first trip, 
So my start already been practicing for ten years. Yeah. So I already been practicing. Yeah, for almost almost ten years when I made my first trip wow. to, to Mysore. Yeah. And you started doing that intermediate during your first trip really quickly too. Yeah, during my first trip. Yeah. So it took me a while to make it here. It took me a while to make it here. I knew I always. I think really early on, I knew I was going to come to Mysore. I just didn't know when. So it took a while. It's kind of nice to hear too. Yeah, <laughs> it took a while. But all yeah. these things, we we lump things into good or bad. Yeah. Positive experiences, mm -hmm. negative experiences. But out of all of them, these gifts come. You know, if it takes you a little longer to get into Supta Kamasana or Mari Chasana D, you you might build, a, you might open yourself up to a relationship earlier on. Yeah. You know? If you have to wait a decade before you make a trip, there's an appreciation yeah. that, that you kind of get from, I don't know, not having something given to you or, or offered or experienced right off the bat. Mm. I, I can say that. I mean, that's that's been me. I waited until my son graduated high school. Yeah. This was a special trip. This was not about making the quota trips, you know. What I mean? <laughs> I mean, this was because I really wanted to experience and I waited a long time. Mm. And it meant something. Yeah. You I know? think that's good. I think also, like, for Laruga having to wait 10 years before she came really is one of the reasons she is the teacher she is today. Because I don't know if. You know, she had a really good, strong teacher right at the beginning, and then there was no one. She went to see Tim Miller, so she had to figure things out on her own the whole time. And that has helped me and everybody else that has studied with her, in that sense. That's kind of your story. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. You're making it up as you go. <laughs> You're writing it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I never really thought about it too much, but yeah, yeah, my first, well, my first virtual teacher was David Swenson, but my first real teacher was a woman, and she was very strong, not only physically, but also her demeanor was quite strong, and sometimes could come off as a little bit harsh, but... Again, I was in that space where I'm just here to learn. I don't need someone to be nice to me. <laughs> like, that was my attitude. But she actually never was actually to, because I kind of had this soldier mentality, she never really cut into me too deep, you know. So that was, that was the interesting part. I think she kind of understood I was there to work. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, she's, she's always going to be an integral part of, my my journey is as far as I, I liked you know she was really no bullshit that's what I think I really appreciated about kind of her her teaching style um and I, I think too she wasn't so concerned with people liking her either which I kind of appreciated she was really into like okay we're going into this we're I'm teaching you correctly and kind of in the way that I know and and, and the, the other thing I appreciated about the way that she taught, her name was Laurel Hodri, she's from Columbus, Ohio, um, was that also she was quite fearless. I really appreciated that too. Very fearless about putting you in, into a space to realize your potential you didn't think you had. I thought that was quite special about her. Yeah, so. 
And I trusted her, too. I had a lot of trust. I think that was something, I don't know, I, I had a lot of trust in teachers. I just was like, all right, this seems crazy, but let's try it, you know? <laughs> like, because all of these postures to me seem absolutely crazy. They are. You know, I mean, I would, yeah, like, yeah, now it's like, I'm a little desensitized now, but I mean, I, I used to just, there were so many things that just seemed like, whoa, will that ever be possible? But, but also sometimes I joke to people, I said, everything seemed hard to me in the beginning, and that's why I liked it. You know, other people are repelled by Ashtanga Yoga because they think it's hard. They're like, it's not for me. But because everything seemed hard, I was like, wow, this is for me. Because I was like, wow, this is so challenging. Everything seems so unattainable. I want to try this. Whether I do it or not, I'm just, I'm, I want to dive into it and see what happens. So it's, it's, it's interesting how people can have a totally different perception about something, you know, whether it's negative or positive. So... When I saw how challenging the practice was, or observed how challenging, challenging the practice was, I was really like, wow, this is for me. This episode of the Ashtanga Dispatch podcast was edited and produced by Chris Lucas and hosted by me, Peg Queen. This episode was made possible by each and every one of you. Your support over the past few years by subscribing to and reviewing this podcast on iTunes, in sharing with your friends, and the thoughtful feedback you take time to send me has really kept us going and made us better. So thank you. And as you might have noticed and enjoyed, this podcast has remained completely ad-free. This is thanks to the generosity of friends, listeners just like yourself, who support us through patreon.com. It's through their small but very meaningful monthly contributions that we're able to keep this podcast going without having to enlist sponsors. Please visit patreon.com backslash Ashtanga Dispatch to become a supporting member. A little bit goes a very long way. Finally, I'm grateful to have so many ways that we can stay connected outside this podcast. There's the Ashtanga Dispatch magazine, as well as Facebook and Instagram. But still, nothing takes the place of a more personal relationship that happens when we meet for real. Coming up, I have two retreats here in Montana, one with David Kyle in August and another with Harmony Slater in September. Also, I'll be at the Wanderlust Festivals in Squaw and Tremblant. You can find all the details on ashtangadispatch.com. Be great to see you and share a practice or two. Thanks again for tuning in.